That's twisted. This is Mark McNeese with my co-host Rick Rose, and you're listening to another edition of The Twist. Welcome to another Twist podcast, everybody. This is Mark, your co-host in a very wind-blown area of New Jersey. Rick, we didn't have TV or cable for two days. I'm sure you read about the, the like the windstorms here. I did, but moreover, I got the warning from you. We might not be doing a podcast today, so I was delighted to hear with all the great news and all the great stories we have to share to our listeners that you got the internet back. Happy for you, but also happy for us so we could do the podcast today. Right. I was in full-blown panic mode thinking that we weren't going to be able to do it. But here we are. And since here we are, um, I just we want everybody to know that you can now subscribe to the Twist Podcast and get a, just a fabulous email every week when we do the show. Next week, there's not going to be a show because sometimes we travel. We do things like that. And we just we don't have access to, the, uh, to, our, to our studio. And um, <clears throat> so, anyways, just you go to the twistpodcast.com later today. You just subscribe. You get the email and uh, click it and fasten your headphones. That's our tagline, fasten your headphones. We also want to thank uh, the winner of our monthly Amazon gift card giveaway. $25, you know, maybe you couple it with some points or you don't. You can get lots of great stuff for 25 bucks on Amazon. And see, awesome. Yes, our listener, C. Porter, was the winner of our uh, word of the month. Uh, for February, it's Lavender. He I, he listened to the show, of course. He said he listens to it in the car. And that's, my husband Frank loves that because we're on Spotify, which is, you know, makes me... Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. It increases our reach, which is already vast, but, <clears throat> um, you know, you can't get big enough. So we're on Spotify and he, they listen to it in the car. And I don't know how Mr. Porter listens to it, but he did. And he, he emailed us and he said, Lavender's the word. So in March... Uh, we will have a word of the month, and all you got to do is listen, send us an email. It's all in the show. You got to just listen to the show, and you can win a gift card. We got to thank all of our listeners, and you're in for a ride today, baby. I got my bell warmed up. Got mine. Mark's got his ringer already, and we're ready to rock and roll with some news headlines. You know, Mark, it was one of those weeks where yesterday I kind of planned the show, what I was going to talk about. And by the time I woke up 24 hours later this morning, things had changed. Oh, the news cycle uh, is insane. Oh, I know. And especially when you have a president like this and a House of Representatives like that uh, coming down and going at each other. You know, yesterday was big news, first of all, because the House voted historically to block the national emergency desire. And now we have to see it didn't have enough votes to block an ultimate veto. That's me. That's me. Yeah, I know. Right. And the Senate has to decide (laughs) now what's going to happen. But the good news was of the House of Representatives votes, 13 of them, I think, were Republicans. And a good sign of what's going to happen in the Senate is um, a lot of Republicans coming down on Pence, who was trying at a lunch yesterday, a luncheon yesterday, to defend the national emergency. And they were basically saying, right. and I also, bullshit. I, I read they're one vote short in the Senate of uh, what's going to happen. <clears throat> passing it. Now, Trump will veto it and they won't override it because they're a bunch of sycophants who have abandoned the Republican Party. But uh, I'd love it if it passed in the Senate and let him veto it. Who cares? Yeah, get some water there, Mark. But yeah, let it, you know, I mean, the, the good news is that we're <coughs> holding him accountable. And that's the whole thing. We have a system of checks and balances in our country. We do. And, and we, ha- we have to protect it. I believe in being consistent. I really, really try myself to be consistent. I'd, lo- <coughs> I'd like to see that in other people. I, I often don't. <clears throat> so um, if this were a Democratic, I'm telling you the truth. If this were a Democratic president pulling this shit, I would say, wait a minute, you know. Um, I don't want that. 
That's and, not the country you, I want to live in. No, it's not what we want. What I'd want to do, I'd want to be a little ant on the wall of the house because they some big stuff shaking and some testimony that's going to go on the house. It's volatile out there right now. Oh, you know, Michael we live Cohen, in I can't. Turbulent times. Yeah, Michael Cohen testifying, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Let's both take it. Yeah, yeah. I don't um <laughs> I don't listen to congressional investigations very often because like the whole Benghazi thing, a lot of times it is bullshit and it's also not that interesting because uh, I can read about the fireworks and you can see the clips now later. You don't have to watch this hours of testimony, but I'm hoping that Cohen's got some um some got Trump on tape because he taped a bunch of conversations with his clients and not just Trump. And he's that was that that audio that he had that let everybody know that, that Trump was aware of Stormy Daniels being paid off. And so I'm hoping that he's one. He's got vi uh, audio backup of Trump. You you were telling me in the green room, the pink. Oh, I'm sorry, lavender room about lavender. Yeah, we about about, about Cohen. Lavender. Yeah, Cohen's going to testify that Trump like made a racist comment about Obama. Uh, he makes. I'm sure he's made them about every person of color he's ever met. But um, I'm also hoping that he's got. I would love it if he had something on tape about Trump saying what he really thinks about his supporters. Because I know, I just know in my bones that Trump has contempt for the people that he's always constantly out to please. That's crazy. Him. Yeah, I would love that too. I, you know, I was referring to Mark to the opening statement. Politico had a copy of what the opening statement is going to be or what it looks like as of this moment in time does include what you're referring to his comment about Obama. They were apparently driving through Chicago and Obama was making some comments on black leadership. And then also, apparently, he overheard a conversation between the president and his uh, advisor, Stone, who's, you know, in big trouble, about the WikiLeaks. And uh, um, the president apparently admitted that um, he said, great, I'm glad that's happening. You know, that's releasing the emails. Um, Democratic Party. So it's all shaking down. He does, Mark, when you're talking about things he may present. Uh, apparently, a check is going to be presented, a blank check that the president wrote from his personal account to take care of uh, handling the Stormy Daniels affair is going to come out, too. So I think he's going down. Down. Cohen down. I say Trump. it every week, but, well, I think both of them. I think, you know, Cohen's in, in trouble already. So Well, the, the thing, um, my, my hope with Trump is that enough people, because it, it, his base isn't it's not a majority of, of voters or Americans. His base is not nearly as big as they think they are. But there are plenty of us who 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 believe in objectivity and we believe that in the news, not fake news. It's three years ago. It was called news. Now it's called fake news. I was in a general store just briefly the other day <clears throat> waiting for Frank to come and get me with the mechanics and I was having an egg sandwich and blah, 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 blah. And there's like this group of old white guys because I live in a place that's got lots of old white people. It's fine. I'm an old white person. But these are old guys and they're all they're all like talking about the fake news and they use oh. that term. And I'm yeah, like, I know. I'm like, <clears throat> didn't, you know, it, prior to Donald Trump, they wouldn't be saying that. It's like, like they've got this meme in their head. Uh, but it's the New York Times is not fake news. It just isn't, you know. They make mistakes, no. but they're they've been around for 150 years or something. They're not fake news. Reporters don't are not in the. It's not their job to to invent, make up stuff about people. Um, so, anyways, those of us who believe in the objectivity of news, uh, you know, know that it's possible that Trump could go down. He is a criminal. His base is never going to believe that ever, ever, ever. Uh, and I don't care. It doesn't matter as long as he's held to account. I hope. I think so too, and you know, in the meantime, you're sitting in front of being 
Vietnam on a historic second meeting with uh, the leader of North Korea. And, uh, you know, you know, he's just ready to respond and twist this into the news he thinks it is and give his side of the story. Or like he finally he goes to Vietnam. He had he had five chances when he was yeah, uh, when he was a military yeah. age. Now he finally goes. And I'm going to ring my bell and change a little bit because it's passed on to the second generation. Big battle out there, too, between uh, his daughter, Ivanka Trump. Ivana? Ivanka. Ivana. Ivanka. Huh? What am I? Slow this morning. Ivanka Trump. Because I don't care. It means like, tiny Ivana. Uh, time, <laughs> the, the, that was funny. The mini Ivana. <laughs> Ivanka, who is a mini you know, senior Matt. advisor, which is scary in and of itself, having been battle with AOC um you know your congressperson yeah come out and, AOC let's just call her AOC everybody knows yeah everyone knows her Can't she's say her on name. a role I don't, you know, don't want to I don't even try to say her name because like Ocasio-Cortez I don't know but anyways well AOC. She, she's one of the co-creators of the of the Green New Deal that's been put forth that deals with climate control but also deals with fair wages and Ivana is basically out in her quote with something like I've spent a lot of time traveling around the country over the last four years People want to work for what they get. So I think the idea of a guaranteed minimum is not something most people want. AOC blasting back. Well, as a person who actually worked for tips and hourly wages in my life, instead of having to learn about it secondhand, I can tell you the most <laughs> that most people want to be paid enough to live. A living wage isn't a gift. It's a right. Workers are often paid for less than the value they create. So now, I, I've got to um, say, I, I don't know. I don't follow AOC well enough to to have formed in intelligent opinions about her, but she's really good at clapping back. She's so good at clapping back. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I read her. Ivanka's quote and I'm like, lady, you had never worked for anything. I mean, now maybe you can call it working. She's got a company and all this other stuff. So you can't say she just sits around and drinks all day. No, no. But and it's okay she was born into privilege. Worked, but... I mean, this is somebody who was born into massive privilege and she is where she is because of, the daughter that she is. I don't think for an instant that Ivanka Trump, had she been born uh, Judy Booper, uh, would have would be anywhere near where she is today. She's where she is because she's Ivanka Trump. So let's cut the bullshit about Americans want to work for what they have. I want to work for what I have too, but I'm telling you, I work with a lot of people who make $10 an hour and they're having to work three and four goddamn jobs. So this lady has nothing to say about people don't want to, they don't want a guaranteed minimum. That's bullshit. She's coming from a corporate mindset that wants to pay us $3 an hour instead of 10. So fuck her. Excuse me. What I love about AOC, no, what I love about her, she represents the real person, the, 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 the American person. And I love that. Anyway, I got to cool you down. Yeah, no, I just, it just pisses me off because it's so clueless. And it plays into this whole whole Republican quote conservative uh, thing that's out there that they like. I don't want no free stuff, but then they show up at the grocery store, and if there's a something they can get for free, they sure as hell want it. Everybody wants free shit, <laughs> and it's not free. It's paid for with taxes. If we had national health care. I referred to Medicare as socialized medicine, and somebody who I, I care about, it's very dear to me, was like, got up, like, took umbrage at that because she's on, she's going to be on Medicare. And I'm, I, I didn't get into it, but I'm sorry, but it is socialized medicine. <laughs> Ronald Reagan called it that when he tried to prevent Medicare from passing. And, and, Everybody pays into it, and every everybody gets out of it once they're sixty five. So it is. I'm sorry, folks. Medicare is socialized medicine. Um, 
you know, so anyways. Yeah. Anyway, another big story we have to share, hot topic. The vote of the second largest Protestant denomination, which is the United Methodist Church, came down yesterday. Um, and it's sad. They had to vote over uh, inclusion of the LGBT community, uh, churches that identify as LGBTQ, uh, leadership and worship leaders and ministers are LGBTQ, and they voted against it. And so basically, in a nutshell, there's a lot of nuances to this, Mark, but in a nutshell, they're going to start to uh, expel them. You know, expel any leader that's that way. And there's a lot. And not just that, but the churches too. Frank and I went to a senior, um, because we're part of the seniors group, but they had a dinner and it was at a United Methodist church near here. And the pastor pastor was, he was lovely. And he knew Frank and I were husbands. And he he said at one point, he said, hopefully soon I will be able to marry you. That's not going to happen. And it's like, what happens to their property? Do they, do they break from the church? Who owns these churches? I don't know, but I was it's I was sad for the people in that church who are now, you know, heartbroken. I understand right. that. And and it was um just one thing that stuck out at me is um uh a lot of the opposition came from Africa. Because it is know. it's a global denomination in case people aren't going like what's going on here. It's, it's part a, of the it's issue a here. global yeah, denomination. Yeah, there's and, no and, they, and it the bishops, a majority of the bishops were in favor of they had three plans that we can't really get into. But the fifty three percent of the bishops were in fla- favor of a plan that would allow the, the each church and region to make, to make its their own, own make its own decisions. Yeah. But in the right. vote uh, of the people there, of the delegates, it was <clears throat> they voted for quote the traditional plan, and there was some African pastor who was quoted as saying, "You know, we uh, we Africans don't need we're not children who need to be enlightened by American liberals." And the the author of the article said pointed out how ironic it was that <laughs> that these African churches uh, get a lot of money from American conservatives. You know, I won't call them bribes. You know, I consider them bribes. But they get a lot of their they get a lot of money from these right wingers in America, and then they're saying they don't need they don't need Americans to tell them what to do. So it's just sad and tragic. And they'll have to you know deal with it. And I worshipped at a church, uh, Methodist church, for ten and a half years down the Shreveport, which was split. Uh, the leader of that church admitted that he would go off and start his own church uh, on the contrary. He was you know uh, in support of the vote, and so. Eh, it, we'll see what happens. And you have a lot of friends that are preachers in the church that'll have to deal with this now, like the gentleman you refer to. So anyway, big story. On the other positive side, Mark, Troy Perry, who we once interviewed, who was the founder of the MCC church. You yes, know, the thank you elder. for reminding him. I love Troy. Oh, God, I love that guy. You know, he's living out in California with his husband. And his husband wrote on Facebook, um, I've always been proud of my husband, Roy Perry, uh, Troy Perry, and all that he has accomplished during his lifetime. But today was something special. So yesterday, the Smithsonian Institute in D.C., the National Museum of American History, reached out to Troy to request historical documents of his activism in the founding of the MCC Church, which will go down in American history in our uh, great national museum. So that was cool. It makes me very happy. And it also, since you brought it up, I'll throw out there that I know there's a lot of folks out there because I was I went to MCC in New York. It was beloved by me and the Reverend Pat was like a, a, a super icon in my life, and she signed our marriage license because I wanted that. Um, but there's a lot of a lot of gay LGBT folks now who are like, "Why do you need a gay? Why do you need a queer church? What's the go. point? I can just go to the Methodist Church. Well, right. have fun with that shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know. There you go. So. 
that countered it, and we just gotta we gotta know the world will make itself right, right? It's absolutely. Just I believe in I believe in justice, and um, you know, I just do karma. I do too. A karma, karma. Uh, let's get some headlines. Yep, Mark. we're going to rip got? through them because I know you got some appointments coming up here. Um, I'm just going to rip, rip through mine. Here's some good stuff. This made me really happy, and it's Wisconsin. Wisconsin lawmaker refuses to cut his hair until a bill for the deaf community passes. Nice. State Rep. Jonathan Brostoff. I hate. To, I don't want to turn away from the microphone. Kept his hair short for 15 years. Says he won't cut his increasingly unruly locks until legislation supporting the deaf community passes. Now I'm not going to get into the legislation because we're we're ripping through stuff here. But that just was fabulous, fabulous. Because there was also yesterday, um, and I didn't know who this woman was, but she was apparent. She was a disability rights activist, and she died at 47 yesterday. And there was a lot of it on Facebook and stuff like that. And she had needed a medication, I guess, two years ago. She got a cold, some sort of, you know, chest problem. And her insurance company wouldn't pay for it. It was $2,000 for the medication. They wouldn't pay for it. So she ended up getting some alternative that didn't work. She got a lot of complications and she died. And it was a really good uh, article about her and about how disability rights are so just swept under the rug including in the social justice movement and I was I was happy to have that pointed out because a lot of progressives think think they're so progressive but dis, disability rights are as as you know irrelevant or or not important to them as they are to anybody else so I just that's I'm just throwing that in there Peter Tork from the monkeys uh, passed away at 77 now Janice Ian I you know who Janice Ian is at 17. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm a Facebook follower her and friends, whatever. I love the stuff she posts. But she said Peter Tork was really, really kind to her when she was just starting out, and she thought it was a huge loss. Um, he, he seems like he was a really nice guy. And I remember being a kid and arguing with my cousin Steve over who was better, the Beatles or the Monkeys. What do you think? That's twisted. Well, what do I think you thought? Or what do I think? I think you thought the monkeys. Well, the, no, I no, I was totally on the Beatles because my <laughs> sister, my sister, who's eight years older than me, was really into the Beatles. So, and honestly, to be honest, musically, the Beatles, there's no comparison. The Beatles are the Beatles, but the, sure. mon- the monkeys had a huge lasting impact that, that no one expected. And sad for you, Peter, and your family. The new digital. I guess am I dinging these? Anyways. The new digital eyes in the frozen aisle. And I work in a grocery store. This is creepy. Walgreens is piloting a new smart cooler that will serve you tailored ads in real time. So when you're standing in front of the cooler looking for your amazing for your um, insurer, you're going to see all these ads pop up on the glass. And I'm like, I bet you it's spying on you, too. We have this robot now that's coming up in the different giant stores that's supposed to be going around looking for spills in the aisles. And we all, everyone who works there, says they're spying on us, man. Um, GOP strategist mocks the over 60s addicted to ridiculously fake news. They love that stuff, and they become addicted to it, Rick Wilson said on Real Time. There was a study done, uh, looking for the numbers here real quick, Users over 65 shared nearly seven times as many fake article, articles from fake news domains as the youngest age group, ages 18 to 29. And he throws out some like ridiculous domain name um, because I see that a lot too on Facebook. Not as much as I used to, but anytime somebody posts some article about Hillary being a robotic lesbian murderer and you just look at the URL, like th- these ridiculous domain right. names. 
And these are the same folks who think the New York Times is fake news, but they're spreading this shit from, you know, bibbly-bobbly-boobly.org. It's, come on, man. Um, Breakdancing, I think you may have sent this to me. It's going to, could be an Olympic sport in 2024. No, I didn't, but that's cool. Yeah, I didn't even know people still did breakdancing because this is not a new thing. Breakdancing's been around forever. I would suggest uh, finding the article... um, where was it? Oh, NPR. Yeah, just for the picture. The guy's really hot. Um, electoral College workaround. I'm, I've so got my fingers crossed. I don't know. You are you aware of the interstate pact that's been going on? It's been going on for years. It's not new, but it's. I know you're big on this. It's to get enough states to commit to, because uh, states can award their delegates as they please, um, and they have got so many uh, x number of states who have who have committed to awarding their delegates, all of their delegates, to the winner of the popular vote. All you have to have are 270. And we are now, Colorado, they just, the governor just signed a bill yesterday to do that. We're 98 votes short. Uh, So come on, folks, let's get this done. And we can, it's a workaround, because once you have 270 electoral votes, the Electoral College, this whole, and I would love to not spend election night anymore watching Steve Kornacki with his little map going, oh, there's 17 votes in Wisconsin and 23 votes. You know, it's uh, Hillary Clinton. Well, never mind, because people hate her. But the next, the winner of the popular vote would be our president. And that's what I want, because I'm tired of minority rule. And I'm also going to say this. If a Democrat had won the Electoral College and lost the popular vote twice in the last 16 years, red states would be clamoring for this. Um, I'm going to hurry here. I'm sorry. Oh, Klobuchar, she ate ate a salad with a a comb. There was an article about trying to do that. How do you eat a salad with a comb? Apparently she had, because they're saying she was really nasty to her her staff, and she told some staffer, the staffer forgot to bring her um, utensils to eat her salad, so she, like, threw it uh, threw it at her and ate it with a comb. Uh, Billy Nest. <laughs> Billy Porter. He's part of my quote, so we'll get to that. But he wore, like, oh, he was so fabulous. He was my, the best thing on the red carpet. And he wore a gown, like a tuxedo gown. It was amazing. Robert Kraft. This is disgusting. The owner of the Patriots. <clears throat> uh, I don't, I think I'm done watching the Patriots uh, ever again. Anyways, because I didn't realize he's a big Trump confidant. Uh, but he was going off to this massage parlor in Florida. They got him on videotape getting a blowjob. I mean, how how disgusting. Not blowjobs. Blowjobs are great. But, um, you know, this shriveled old billionaire pulling up in a chauffeured Bentley, which is what they said, twice in the same day to take advantage of these Asian women. And I also read that a lot, that a lot of them are in there. It's not necessarily the sex trade, but it's horrible. The conditions that they end up having to do this shit for, speaking of minimum wage, Ivanka. Uh, federal judge cites uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg in ruling that men-only draft is unconstitutional. Very, very happy about that because when I was 18, it was during this window where there was no draft and you didn't have to register. Later on, that changed. Every male at 18 has to register even though we don't have a draft. And I think it's I think it's absolutely appropriate that women um, are going to have to register. My last thing, because I'm going to let you get in here. I know you're sick of hearing me. Uh, there was a fat rat that got stuck in a manhole in Germany, uh, in, um, in a town in Germany, and they res- they rescued it. I was very happy about that because I'm all about animal right, animal welfare now. I really am. I don't eat animals anymore. I don't call them meat. They are animals. I'm I'm doing my very best not to eat them. And uh, that's it for me. What you got going, boo? <laughs> 
Yo, you laughed in the word take that mute button. Get off that mute button, man. Well, I had to get the mute button because I had to brush my teeth and stuff in preparation. While I was have, talking. I, was, I hope you floss. Was, Isn't it gross to go to the dentist? We like we, we went to lunch and we had to. I didn't have a chance to brush my teeth. But <clears throat> do you uh-huh. think that's like they go like, oh, my God, why is this? Why is this well, you know, the old days, they never wore those masks. Now they wear them because your mouth smells and it's getting in your mouth. Now, I'll make mine really brief because I do have to run. And I uh, appreciate uh, the stories to kind of compliment some of your stories. I thought that Brett, and I loved uh, his uh, uh, runway <laughs> outfit. But I loved Lady Gaga's, of course. She wore a black Alexander McQueen, my favorite designer, who used to do a lot of early stuff. Beautiful dress. Uh, her, uh, you know, her song with... Bradley Cooper getting a lot of attention. How awesome it steamy, was! She, how steamy, steamy it was. Yeah, I know. She just everything she does is with thought and plan, and she's the ultimate performer to me. But her Tiffany necklace, like 120 carats, 30 million dollar necklace, last worn by Audrey Hepburn um, when she was at the awards for Breakfast at Tiffany's. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, the awards, you know, a lot of African American women winning awards. That was big. Spike Lee, Regina King. Oh, I was so happy. Oh, Regina King, just love her. She was she was classy too. I loved her dress too. But, you know, on a bigger note, the movie that won last week, we talked on the show about the movies that won Best Oscar that shouldn't have. One of those was, uh, according to what people think, one of those was Driving Miss Daisy. Now, the year Driving Miss Daisy was nominated for film uh, was a year that Spike Lee was nominated. Right, Do the Right Thing. Uh, or X. Right, for Do the Right I Thing. I think it was Do the Right now, Thing. It was not. Right, it was. Now, it was groundbreaking for film. Now, it was not nominated for picture that year. Driving Miss Daisy won. However, it was nominated with Driving Miss Daisy for screenplay and Driving Miss Daisy won, so he did not win. So when he won the award last night or the other night for his movie, Black Klansman, it was his first Oscar, number one. But then he lost out when it came to big pic- uh, best picture because he was up against Green, uh, the, Green Book. What's it called, Mark? Mm-hmm. Green, Green Book, Book which yeah. ultimately won. And uh, my end quote is going to be one from Spike Lee because he apparently did turn his back. He talked to Jordan Peele, both of them very upset that Green Book won. Lots of reasons. You can read stories out there about it. Uh, directed by Farley Brother, who actually directed Dumb and Dumber. Oh, I didn't realize so, it. I thought he was one of those, the Farley yes, Brothers. Yeah, okay. Peter, uh, and he has, you know, they just didn't understand why a white man making a white black movie should win over a black man making a white black movie. I don't necessarily agree. I loved the movie. A lot of it was shot in Shreveport, where I'm headed. You know, yeah. have my heart's in Shreveport. A lot of the music was from Shreveport musicians. Uh, that over the year they licensed six or seven songs from a, a group that started or a, a label that started down in Shreveport in the 1950s. Shreveport's a big part of Americana music. Anyway, the awards were interesting, but like I was saying, you know, more African American women winning, uh, um, a lot of great messages, a lot of great awards. I love the show. Um, you can ring the bell. Oh, I thought you were going to quote. I was, but I got to get my coat on. Oh, I have a quote, but I wanted to give one more story. Uh, okay. Lady Gaga, back to Lady Gaga. This is cool. On Monday, the day after the Oscars, this is why I love her. She's always, at 32, always rethinking and redoing things. Her song, Bad Romance, is now part of the rotation of classic tunes played at the dancing waters of Lake Bellagio at the Bellagio in Vegas. So oh, as of Monday, lovely, besides, lovely. Yeah, I, I really like her, too. I like her a lot. I love it. And so that debut is part of it. I just, you know, she's never ending, never stopping what she's thinking and doing. And um, that's it. I'm going to end with a quote. I know then you've got a quote. Mine is from Spike Lee. And it's based on what I just talked about, the driving Miss Daisy and uh, the green door. And his quote was this when he was asked about, you know, how he feel, felt and why he said, you know, he was disappointed. He gave a great quote, which I'm trying to find, Mark. Cause it's- I know it by heart. 
You do not. Yeah, he said every time somebody's driving somebody, I lose. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> he said, that's basically the quote, guys. I know it's it because it he's funny. He's funny, and then of course it ties into my. Well, I got two quotes. I'll be quick here. Yeah, but to, that's funny. He said basically, like you said, every time someone's driving someone, I lose. Except this time, it was a reverse situation with who's driving who. But I, uh, I, and, that's uh, funny. I got two quotes, and they're both well related to the Oscars. Billy Porter said this. He said, "Quote: Now I'm in a space where being on Pose." which is a great show. I'm invited to red carpets and I have something to say through clothes. My goal is to be a walking piece of political art every time I show up, to challenge expectations. What is masculinity? What does that mean? Women show up every day in pants, but the minute a man wears a dress, the C's part. Um, and then my last quote is, it's tangentially related to this because Spike Lee wrote, read, his, read his speech uh, he didn't mention Trump. It was not racist at all. And then the next day, of course, our president is like attacking Spike Lee and calling him a racist because that's a new thing. They all want to believe that black people are racist, so they just keep saying it. Uh, but anyways, um, <clears throat> Regina King, that movie she was in, If Beale Street Could Talk, was based on a James Baldwin novel. James Baldwin was a giant, an absolute giant and an intellectual and just an, a phenomenal, fierce human being. And... Um, Trump, Trump. what he does is he does this all the time. He's constantly playing to his base about how black people are stupid and unintelligent and Spike Lee's got to read notes. And I see through this. We see through this shit. And the, the, his supporters will like deny it till the day, they, to their last breath, that this is racist. But it is completely, thoroughly racist. Constantly saying black people are unintelligent and they're dumb. So anyways, James Baldwin was a giant. And the com the contrast in my mind between people like James Baldwin and Toni Morrison and this imbecile in the White House is is vast. You can't you can't even bridge it. It's so vast. And Toni Morrison, this is from her eulogy for James Baldwin. You knew, didn't you, how I needed your language and the mind that formed it. How I relied on your fierce courage to tame wildernesses for me. How strengthened I was by the certainty that came from knowing you would never hurt me. You knew, didn't you, how I loved your love. You knew, this then is no calamity, no, this is jubilee. Our crown, you said, has already been bought and paid for. All we have to do, you said, is wear it. Toni Morrison eulogizing her friend and mentor James Baldwin. So I just... It still, wow, it gives, I love that quote. It gives me chills still because I think about that, and I my heart breaks when the president of the United States talks about African Americans and black people like they're stupid. And I know that his base believes that shit. He did it for eight years with President Obama, and I got to tell you, man, no, no, no. That's it for me. I agree. And it's coming out, guys. Listen to the testimony today, or follow up and look at it. We're taking the week off next week, Mark. Have a wonderful time. Surprise, Frank. Subscribe to The Twist. Thank you guys for joining us. Sign up. Bye. You got it. Take care.